During the holidays, there are bakeries across the globe where you can get a lovely thin, round pastry. Its crisp texture is enhanced by ridges formed as the cookie batter is pressed between two steaming hot iron plates. Sometimes covered with powdered sugar or rolled into a cone, it's a cookie that dates back centuries and is argued to be the oldest Christmas cookie. It's a story filled with snakes, foraging blacksmiths, and wagon repair. This is a history and origins of the thin, crispy cookie, the Pizzelle. Welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So please subscribe so we can have other listeners join us at the Christmas table. If you have a quick minute, please leave a review for the podcast. It lets me know how I'm doing, as well as helps others find the podcast. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker free of charge. Seasons Eatings can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All these links can be found on our website, seasonseatingspodcast.com. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee. That's K-O-F-I. Just click on the coffee cup on my homepage, and you can buy me a coffee for as little as $3. Each donation goes towards the running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. This episode was suggested by a listener of the podcast, Old Man Freak Boy. He's the host of the radio show, Hey Kids, Get Off My Lawn. It comes off the Utica campus on WPNR 90.7 FM. During the Christmas season, he hosts a radio program which features holiday music that doesn't quite make it to the regular airwaves. I urge you to give it a listen. You can find the broadcast on his website, oldmanfreakboy.com. I will leave a link to his site in the show notes. Pizza comes from the Italian word for round or flat. That's right, just like the word pizza. And their ending L means small. These eternally popular small round cookies are made from a simple batter of sugar, eggs, flour, butter or oil, and flavoring. Although anise or black licorice flavor is the traditional flavor of the Pizzelle, modern options include vanilla, peppermint, anisette, lemon, and chocolate. But there are countless recipes and flavor combinations for this humble Italian cookie. Pizzelles are made using iron plates. Either the modern electric version used the same way you'd use a waffle iron, or you can opt for the traditional cast metal plates, the type used centuries ago. Pizzelles are made by cooking batter in between two iron plates that have a decorative pattern on them usually in a sort of a snowflake design. There are electric versions that are used just like waffle irons, and there are cast metal ones that you hold over a flame to cook the pizzelle, turning to cook each side. The interesting thing about pizzelle is that when they first come off the iron, they're soft and pliable. You can actually mold them around a tube to form a cylinder used in making cannoli, 
a cone shape for gelato, or mold them into bowls or cups that can be used as containers for sweet treats and desserts. Once cooled, they become hard and brittle. They can be colored like the Italian flag, for instance, with food coloring, or dipped into chocolate or icing in sprinkles. The simplest way to serve them is dusted with powdered sugar or cinnamon and sugar. Tuck them into a scoop or two of ice cream in a bowl, or two can be filled like a little sandwich. Around the holidays, packaged pizzelle can also be found in many varied flavors and designs. Hundreds of years ago, a family's traditional pizzelle iron would be individually designed to proudly incorporate family crests, special dates, or other meaningful designs. Decorative plates were a prized possession for this timeless treat and often passed down through generations along with the pizzelle cooking technique. When cooking with these traditional irons, the cookie dough is rolled into a rope to form a figure eight and placed into one of the plates. The cast metal plate is then held over an open flame and turned to cook each side of the pizzelle. Once the pizzelle is cooled off, they'll harden, but coming straight from the hot iron, the cookie is soft and malleable. So instead of keeping its flat, round cookie appearance, it can be molded easily into other shapes. The pizzelle is often wrapped around a tube, forming the sweet, crunchy cylinder used to make another famous Italian dessert, cannoli. Pizzelle cookies are often also shaped into a cone to top with gelato or ice cream, and it's common to create a pizzelle bowl where the cookie is molded to the inside of a bowl. Once hard, it's used as a dish for desserts and piled high with sweet toppings like fruit and cream. Pizzelle cookies, in the original shape, flat and round, can be stacked between layers of ice cream. For those with a truly sweet tooth, try alternating layers of pizzelle, Nutella, and ice cream to create a decadent Nutella ice cream pizzelle sandwich. The light layers of the pizzelle perfectly complementing the creamy richness of the Nutella and ice cream combination. The range of different ways the cookie can be used, especially with the modern takes on the traditional recipe, clearly makes it a winner as a super versatile dessert option, regardless of the occasion. Aside from the design embedded in the bazelle from the hot iron, there are a few popular traditional ways to decorate and serve up these tasty, waffly morsels. Food coloring can be used to tint the cookie. Pizzelles are also delicious dipped into chocolate, icing, or sprinkles. In the simplest style, the pizzelle is served with a dusting of powdered sugar or cinnamon. Elaborately decorated pizzelles packaged in a beautiful festive wrap can make a wonderfully tasty homemade Christmas gift. So, who do we have to thank for the creation of these delicious cookies that are still a popular staple treat of Italian celebrations today? The Pazelle first appeared in the south-central area of Abruzzo, Italy, where two small villages, Coculo, the province of L'Aquila and Sale, in the province of Pescara, claim rights the origin of the sweet treat. Pazelle treats are part of Coculo's intrinsically named celebration called the Festival of the Snakes, one of the most unique and ancient festivals in Italy. At one point, centuries ago, the village was overrun with snakes, and when Benedictine monk San Domenico 
cleared out of the local fields that were riddled with serpents, the village celebrated with pizzelles. The festival is held on the 1st of May each year, and in addition to the pizzelle, attracts some of the world's major snake lovers, who often bring their own snakes. Legend has it that the mountainous and bucolic area around Abruzzo was once so infested by snakes that life tended to the short, sharp, and brutal rather than the long and cheerful. The local shepherds back in 700 BC appealed to Apollo for help. His advice was to capture the snakes, domesticate them by draping them around his statue, and then release them into the bush again. Curiously, this seemed to work, and the ritual has been replayed ever since. Somewhere along the way, however, the fickle mortals dump the old Greek gods for the newish Christian gods and indulge in a bit of historical revisionism. Apollo became Saint Domenica, and a few touches of mardanity, like fireworks, were added to the ritual. Celebrations begin on Saint Joseph's Day, 19th of March, when the first snakes of the season are netted and caged. Two months later, on the first Thursday in May, the village is stirred by an 8 a.m. revelry call of fireworks, followed by a traditional mass. After the mass, the statue of Saint Domenica is hauled through the streets of Coculo, where villagers drape the captured servants boa-like around the stone neck of Saint Domenica. This ritual and the procession is usually accompanied by a noisy band of villagers, barking dogs and merrymakers. At the end of the village, the squirming mass is released back into the bush, and the villagers, so it's said, are immune from snake bites for another year. Every July, Sale celebrates the festival of the 12th century monk, Beato Roberto de Sale. During this popular festival, Pizel is hung from tree branches, and celebrants walk through the streets with them as an offering. Pizel makers are typically called irons, because the first ones were just that irons that were forged by blacksmiths. Women would go to local blacksmiths and the blacksmith would make them and work in a design for them. In some parts of Italy, the irons would be made with family crests on them, which would be passed down to each generation. There's a symbol on them, like some kind of insignia, horses galloping. Noble Italian families used to bake pizzelle biscuits with their family crests. A family of merchants had a large estate in Verona, for example, and were famous for their love of horses. The heads of the house, including men and women, were famous for breeding superb racing horses, the best in Italy, hence the family crest. Other designs for the irons include religious imagery, such as crosses or other religious symbols. We'll travel a bit further to explore the possible beginnings of this cookie after the break. Hi, I'm Todd Killian, and welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Be sure to head over to our website, christmasclatter.com. There you'll find our weekly blog posts. You can also sign up for our free monthly email newsletter, Clatter Chatter. You can also send me a message via email at todd at christmasclatter.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app.
Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Chris. We're a married couple living in New York City. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably love Christmas just as much as we do. In our podcast, Christmas Time in the City, we talk about the history and traditions of the holidays in New York City. The Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree, Caroling in Washington Square Park, New Year's Eve in Times Square, the classic Christmas movies filmed here, we cover it all. In Listener Mail, we answer questions from listeners like you that may be planning a trip or maybe just curious about us. And in Christmas Confidential, we read anonymous listener-submitted Christmas confessions to help people finally get their deepest Yuletide secrets off their chest. So subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Unless you don't want to, then just forget about it. Really? Want too much? (laughs) No, it's fine. Interestingly, the history of the Bazelle may go back even further, drawing on the ancient examples of bread stamps in both ancient Greece and Rome, where the bread of a similar shape and size was often stamped in geometric patterns. Religious imagery such as a cross was also impressed into flatbread during the early days of Christianity to be used as the Holy Eucharist. Other countries have their own Bazelle types of cookie too, like the Norwegian krumkake. This is perhaps because it's one of the world's oldest cookies. Its ancestor most likely was the Roman crustulum, a flat bread treat cooked in a Roman pancake pan and on top of a craticula, a sort of Roman barbecue grate cooker. Pizel is known as ferretere in the Lazio region and in Molise they may be called ferretere or cancelle. The history of Pizel might go back even further in history, however. There are ancient examples of bread stamps, some being a similar size to the modern Brazelle in both Rome and Greece. Flatbreads throughout the Middle East and in the Greek and Roman areas of the Mediterranean were often stamped in geometric patterns. Some stamps were small, but used in a repeating manner to create a large pattern on the face of the flatbread. The larger ones in the early days of Christianity were used to impress flatbreads with a cross or religious pattern the bread being used as a Holy Eucharist during early Masses. St. John Chrysostom, a Greek from 347 to 407 AD, noted in his writings that all bread was sealed, most likely with a cross. Like the Bazel cookie, Norway has a similar Christmas cookie called the Krumkake. Krumkake is a variation of waffle and are known for their very ornate and pretty patterns due to the special irons they are baked in. Each iron can have a different pattern based on where in Norway you are and what tradition each family has. And they can be old-fashioned, many Norwegian families have had them in their family for generations, or more modern in style. A small tablespoon or less of batter is dropped into the middle of the iron, then baked rapidly as they are super thin, lifted off the iron, and rolled around a special krumkaka pin right away while warm, soft, and pliable to shape them into pretty cones. Krumkaka irons date back to the 1700s. The first generation of Krumkaka irons were made by blacksmiths who used different designs and often inscribed their own initials into the pattern. They had long handles for holding them over open cooking fires and weigh about 10 pounds. The second generation of Krumkaka irons originated in the late 1800s when wood stoves became popular. 
The iron was now placed in the round burner holes of the stove. The handles of the irons were shortened and a ball joint allowed an easy flip of the iron to heat the other side. Versions of this iron are still in use on modern stoves, although now we enjoy the convenience of third generation electric irons. Much like a waffle iron, these come in two models. One designed to bake a single krumkak at a time, as well as a double iron that allows two krumkaker to be baked at the same time. When Norwegian immigrants first arrived in America, they were surprised by the region's culinary preferences and by differences in what ingredients were available. For instance, certain Norwegian Americans were taken aback by the preeminence of pork in the American diet and had to adapt recipes to their new home's preferred meat source while learning to stomach a richer diet. On the other hand, they were delighted by the surplus of sugar used as a primary ingredient in traditional pastries such as the krumkaka. Though referenced as an easy recipe, krumkaka requires a specific cast iron mold to cook the thin wafer over an open fire. Some Norwegian American immigrants valued their heavy krumkaka irons enough to take them on the journey from Norway to America. But for those who didn't transport the iron in their already limited luggage space, skilled immigrants like Torgrim Fjeld could make an authentic iron for them in their new hometown. Torgrim Fjeld was a Norwegian immigrant and blacksmith who owned a wagon repair shop in Mount Horeb in the 19th century. Born in Valdres, Norway in 1849, he moved to America in 1860 with his father, Reverend John Fjeld, his mother and three siblings. Though Fjeld primarily repaired wagons, he discovered that Krimkaka irons were in such high demand that he needed help delivering and selling them to neighboring communities. Martin Venden, the grandfather of Mount Horeb resident Oleana Kunin, who was locally well known for her Norwegian arts and crafts such as rose modeling, drove a wagon to nearby towns to sell Fjeld's Krumkaka irons. Stant with TJ Fjeld should anyone admire his design. Fjeld designed this iron with an ornate relief, representing his Norwegian-American identity. The iron impresses their traditional cookie with the image of a sheaf of wheat, encircled by the biblical prayer, Give us this day our daily bread, written in Norwegian. The biblical texts referencing wheat and bread hint at Fjeld's personal background. As the son of a minister, he would likely be familiar with the biblical quote, but he designed the plate with something truly local to the American Midwest, a wheat sheaf. Perhaps we can imagine the design binding together Fjeld's religious upbringing with his new home and its prominent wheat farming industry. In turn, the plates might indicate his new community identity, Wisconsin farmers recalling their memories of home through the food they share. However you enjoy your cookies, be it a single layer or sandwiched with a delicious filling or even rolled into a cone filled with your favorite gelato, the Pazelle is a cookie with a rich and illustrious history. This holiday season, try some of these wonderfully crisp cookies or make some Pazelle-shaped snowflakes and hang them from your tree. Either way, the Pazelle is a Christmas favorite for generations to come.
Thank you for listening to another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings can be found on wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And I would love to hear from you. You can contact me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. You can give me ideas for future episodes, leave me a comment or criticism, or just say hello. Also, if you leave me a five-star review and let me know, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. And speaking of sweet treats, head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com and buy me a coffee. That's K-O-F-I. Just click on the cup at the top of the screen. Any donation is appreciated and it helps me with the daily running of the podcast. And finally, I want to thank Old Man Freak Boy for this episode's suggestion. Head over to his site, oldmanfreakboy.com, and listen to his wonderful radio show, Hey Kids, Get Off My Lawn, to check him out. Thanks again for having another serving of Seasons Eatings podcast. All music used on Seasons Eatings is royalty-free and used under the Creative Commons license. <laughs>